jokes, laughter, ha-has. These are the things that I do not regularly bring to our listeners. Don't, don't forget about the gags. Well, you bring the gags. Okay. You bring the, the gags, the bits, the cold open. I'm the straight man. You know, I, mm. I'm the guy. I'm the, 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 I set up the punchlines, and, and you knock it out of the park, Snake. Because you are, you know, you're the joker. You're the wild card. I don't know. You're the yuckster. I, I don't think I'm jokerified yet. You're not fully jokerified yet. Yeah. But we're the more the more we yell about the news and and engage with with the fine uh, elected officials of Western New York and all the goofs and gags and and just all around absurdity around here. I think we are becoming jokerified. Oh, maybe we are. Maybe we are. But I'll tell you what. If there are any square podcast historians out there who can track, you know, the tone change from two years ago, you know, let us know. Let us know what you think about that. Right. I am still trying to sell out to Joe Rogan or Joe Rogan like. Like I, I'm I'm still trying to cash in on that. I will do and say anything. Give me millions of dollars and you will be shocked at the things that I will and do say. All you rich people listening, don't you think that's a million dollar voice right there? This is my dulcet tones. All right. But nobody wants to hear that today. No. No. They want to hear about comedy. They want to hear about the real thing. They want to hear, they want actual laughs. They want the people who bring it. And thankfully, Square Podcast listeners, we got them here today. We have Scott and Megan from the Buffalo Comedy Collective with us here. Welcome to the Square, guys. Wow. Hi. Thank, thank you. you. To see it happen in real time. This is here it fun. is. It's like the opening of a two man set. <laughs> Welcome to the Snake Pit. I know. Wow. Yeah. This is, this is how we roll down here in the snake pit. Where there, I, I pointed out there are no snakes yet. Not yet. We don't have actual snake budget. That I know of. That <laughs> <laughs> We really got to cash in before that happens. All right, guys. So Buffalo Comedy Collective. Give us a little, uh, little history, you know, the history lessons. Because you guys just came. I, I don't think you just came to comedy, but you just came to the Buffalo Comedy Collective recently. Is that right? Fill, fill me in because I'm stupid. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Megan and I opened this company, basically a comedy production company. We started talking about it like 2021, maybe, um, because we were both involved in comedy sports, Buffalo, which was a nonprofit. Unfortunately, that closed during the pandemic. So we were already in talks of it. And then when comedy sports became available for us to, to run on top of um, other comedy aspects we decided to just go for it so um, we officially opened at the end of may and it's been pretty non-stop since then like doing programming for the community and then comedy sports will launch again in october so it's it's been crazy so you guys have been involved in comedy sports before taking over um in 2021 or coming up with the idea uh, for the listeners who are unaware of what comedy sports is um what 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 is comedy sports um to you guys because i i watched some youtube videos i i remember seeing like advertisements for it and being like oh okay improv stuff with wacky rules uh but i watched some youtube videos today and i was pleasantly surprised that it was it was beyond my expectations of of what i thought of improv and uh, help uh, help the listeners who are not sure of what comedy sports is yeah, so Buffalo Comedy Sports has been around for about 25 to 30 years in the area. It is a brand, so you can find it in other cities. And it's short-form improv, which are three- to five-minute scenes-slash-games that are set up like a sporting competition. So there's two teams competing with a referee. Everyone has jerseys, and there's flags and pylons and all the little bells and whistles. 
and an announcer, things like that. And it's improv set up in this fashion to create, you know, just an, another layer of fun and structure to it that makes it a little more palpable for people who are new to improv or don't regularly go to see like long form or anything like that. And the short games are kind of similar to Whose Line Is It Anyway, if you've seen that, where they'll just do like a couple quick scenes together and there's sometimes audience involvement. So it's really fun for families to come up because it's family friendly programming and the whole theming aspect involves like we could have audience participation as well and just keep it kind of light. Yeah, it's amazing to watch. It looks like it's like a well-oiled machine on some of these um, some of these YouTube videos that, that I watch. There has to be quite a bit of practice. Yeah, uh, we practice once a week. Um, we actually just recast our entire roster and we have about 40 people involved now, which is crazy. It's a, it's a lot to manage, but it's also a lot of fun just to see people work together who really haven't before and also to get people reinvigorated um, because we took about a seven month break from when the old group closed and when we started auditions again. So it was great to see folks come back and also get some, some new performers in um, because that just like challenges everybody and makes it fun. Um, but yeah, there is some re like rehearsal to it. It's weird to describe like practicing improv because it's supposed to be, you know, off the cuff and of the moment, but like you said, comedy sports is kind of a polished overall show. So yeah, there are some like blocking things you have to do. And there are some, you know, tricks that you can hone to make your games play better. Now, did you guys start in comedy with comedy sports or did you come from a different background with comedy? I started my comedy training is almost exclusively comedy sports. That's how I started. Um, and that was in oof, 2010 um, when I started taking classes and I'd always been a, a fan of like Whose Line Is Anyway and other like um, improv, but never thought I could do it. But when I was like back home with nothing to do after college, I was like, yeah, I might as well give it a shot. And yeah, it's been a, it's been a good ride. <laughs> How about you, Megan? Yeah, I also started with comedy sports, but I kind of did the opposite route where I just auditioned to be part of um, because it's sports themed, the minor league. Uh, as opposed to the pro league. Oh, so there there are different levels. Yes. Okay. Depending right. on um, some of the structure of the actual organization. So our non-for-profit had both the pro and the minor league. We're going to slowly reintroduce the minor league over time. But we just want to focus on, you know, reestablishing now that we had to do the whole transition. But I did begin in the minor league. I auditioned for it. Originally, I did not get picked. But someone dropped out. So whoever they are, thank you. And then I was brought into the minor league and realized that I was not over my head, but I probably could do a little bit more of the the structure on like the blocking things like that just some bad personal performance behaviors that I was just learning through practice and after about a year of that I moved into the pros but I also started to get really interested in long-form comedy at the same time so I kind of branched into those two directions and then started to sprinkle in a little bit of like reading a little bit and classes and things like that. Now, do the minor leagues and pro leagues, do they both perform live in front of people? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, minor that... league is almost like a farm team. Or, Got it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so if you, in our old structure, we had like classes, then you could audition mm -hmm. into minor league. And then from that, you could, you know, move into the pros or do whatever else you, you wanted to do. I assume you're both naturally funny people um, that, you know, you kind of self-select into these things, I suppose. But was it ever like, oh, I'm funny? Like, how does it, how do you go from... 
oh, I'm kind of funny and I make my friends laugh sometimes or all the time to I want to be up on stage and be performing in front of people and doing improv. Like, how do you how did you guys make that jump or that leap? Because I'm sure we have plenty of listeners who are hilarious, but would rather be dead than be in, in, in a room <laughs> in front of people. Hey, listen, and there's yeah. no mark against them. I yeah. mean, you guys are are, are brave as hell for yeah, going up there lot. and, yeah. you know getting the yucks out of people, but it's gotta be scary. Like how did you make that leap to actually becoming performers? I actually didn't tell anyone I was auditioning because I was like afraid. Mm. I, for me, I enjoy making people laugh. I don't know if I have the confidence or at that time, the confidence to say like, Oh, I'm funny enough to do this. But I decided I wanted to audition to see, um, and just check it out. And then I figured if it went well, then I might tell people, that I am a part of this now and maybe come see me. And it was really for me, the once I was with other like-minded people, kind of got more of the confidence of like, oh, okay, yeah, maybe I could do this on stage because I have all this support from everybody else who's doing this with me. Yeah, a lot of it is, for me, was like that self-consciousness of like, what if like you're not funny, right? Like what if you're up there and it, it doesn't go well? And um, a lot of the way to overcome that is like just getting to know people and, and trusting them and trusting and the improv, especially like having your back and trusting your scene partner and that knowing that you're never in it alone. So you never really succeed by yourself or fail by yourself. I have to ask, do you, do you have any like horror stories or are you just like a good quarterback? Do you just forget every interception? I mean, sometimes you can get I mean, for me, getting too, like, detailed on jokes or something, like, yeah, you can make, like, I studied economics in college, so you can make, like, a Maslow's hierarchy of needs joke, and, like, that might be happy for <laughs> you. Yeah, it might satisfy me, but, like, no one's going to get that in, in the crowd. But on the first side, like, would get that. yeah, they'd yeah, get that. Our very smart, audience. stable but, genius yeah. listeners would get but, that. What you have to look forward to if you come <laughs> yeah, to these yeah. programs. Some, yeah, some hot economic philosophy. Um <laughs> But also, like, one time I made some, like, side comment about, like, getting an easement for a garage and some guy laughed in the crowd. I'm like, oh, this guy's clearly having construction <laughs> issues in his life. So, like, who who knows what's ever going to hit in a crowd. But that's why, like, improv for three to five minutes, you play the scene and then you wipe it and you forget about it. So, For me, like, going blank is mm -hmm. a big fear. Because I can make a bad joke and then kind of gauge from the audience, like, oh, okay, they don't really like this style I'll evolve. But if I have just nothing, that's probably my quote unquote failure moments, as you're saying, where I'm just like, I have no idea what I want to do up here. Do you, do you like develop a pool of backup items that you can come up with at any time? No, yeah. not personally. No? Okay. Um, more or less, if the suggestion gives me some sort of idea, I try to run with it. If not, I look to see if my scene partner, if they got a light bulb and if we're both have no idea we'll just kind of naturally find a rhythm by establishing a relationship usually first mm -hmm. and work in the suggestion comedy sports is just one aspect of what you guys do at the buffalo comedy collective or what you will be doing uh talk to us a little bit more you mentioned the long long form stuff there megan um and i know you'll be having uh your freedom is jams what, yep. what, what is a jam so a jam is uh, low cost, low stakes is <laughs> our motto for it. Way to check out to see if improv is for you, and especially long form improv. So long form improv, the only real difference between that and short form is the scenes are longer. Um, in long form, we look to see how the relationships or the plot of a scene can evolve and the stories it can tell. Whereas short form is more, I don't want to say 
gimmicky, but there's a game behind it. So something like questions where the two partners are asking each other questions till someone doesn't. It's kind of like the game of the scene is that. Where long form focuses more on like what can two partners naturally create that's funny and almost like a game within themselves in that scene. So the long form improv jam is really used to just help people meet other people. It'll be, we call it a bucket jam. You write your name on a piece of paper if you're interested in participating. And we pair two random people up to do short scenes together. We do that for about an hour Um, depending on how many people come to the jam. And then at the end, we do a longer set. There's different styles of long-form sets. Uh, We do a montage or a road trip, which is basically like people will get inspiration, and then they will naturally cut and make different scenes. They won't have someone there to actually cut the scenes for them, and that goes for about 15, 20 minutes. So it's fun, though, because you're in a group of people that you maybe never have worked with before, and it's it's five dollars so it's like you kind of come in if you just want to watch you decide it's not for you or you decide halfway through you do want to try it you can put your name in take it out and it's just like kind of a fun way to dip your toe in the water how do you how do you know somebody is a like a good partner i guess like are there cues you pick up on just you pick up each other's beats or is it more uh, you know, help me out here because I don't know. The, again, I, I'm I'm the straight man here, Snake. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not I'm not an improv guy though. Well, you're very funny. Oh, I don't know about that. You make me laugh all the I'm time. I'm just I'm just dumb. That's all. <laughs> you make me. That, that's my that's my superpower. Before we recorded, is extremely low intelligence. He has a he has a band aid on his cheek. I, yeah. I I came down here and I was like, Snake, what's that blood yeah, on I your look, face? I He's like, like, what blood? <laughs> and then he goes to the bathroom. He looks in the mirror. He's like, all right, it's gone. I'm is like, no, old, it's not. <laughs> the old bloody face joke. The, oh. <laughs> Classic. So, yeah. We no, finally I got no him cleaned idea. up. I, I uh, nick myself, you know, shaving or buzzing my. But I mean, you know, you never know. You never know what makes your your partner laugh. Um, yeah. What is a what for you guys? Like, what is what are the cues you kind of go off of with an improv partner? Uh, well, the biggest, I guess, rule or like probably most well known rule is yes and in improv, mm. and that basically just means you're you're building on what's offered and you're not really just like steaming through with your own ideas. So, like if if there's that, that natural rhythm and building of like a, a new reality or a new relationship, those are a lot more satisfying to perform and also watch rather than have someone just like placate someone else and all their great ideas that they have. So that, like, that is a great partner. And also like listening is another big thing where you can pick up on like those cues or those things that make a scene um, like special or like mm, a little more nuanced than just like an everyday thing. Yeah. I mean, and, and 15 to 20 minute window, I would imagine that you're you're going into it you know that doesn't sound like a long time but to be up on stage like riffing with somebody probably feels like quite a long time no to be up there like i'd be a little intimidated for 15 to 20 minutes although if i'm with snake or you know diamond yeah i think it matters on the you know context who you're with right we've Mm -hmm. been we've been doing this i've done toastmasters and and you're like oh you got to make it 15 minute speech and you're like oh my god how am i going to come up with that content and it happens like that you just start rambling right I don't know. You tell me. I don't know. What, what's, what's it like in the improv world? Well, even three minutes can feel kind of long Is sometimes. that right? Yeah. Do um, you ever like reach a flow state? You're just like, wow, a half hour went by? Mm, or is, like, yeah, if it's yeah, really good. Yeah. Um, but like in those longer 15 to 20 minute scenes, there would be multiple like scenes in, um, in partnerships going on. So No, yeah. So it's not like <laughs> you are up there for 15 minutes doing a whole set by yourself. Right. Um, it'll be a group. Could be anywhere from like, four to eight people where 
you take turns in a way and you find that ebb and flow of the moments where things are really funny is where you want to cut them because that's what everyone's going to remember is that like highlight. So you'll probably get, I don't know, anywhere between like six to eight scenes. And some of them are very quick because we just kind of want to see that quickness. Um, You know, like if you're doing like a quick flashback, uh, something like that. Or some of them can be a bit longer because what's going on is just like very interesting. And so the long form is more of it like a, like you said with the jams, it's more of an introduction to the world of improv and getting your feet wet, right? Yeah, you don't have to have any experience to come to the jams. Um, We do get people from various experience levels. Sometimes people have like over 10 years experience and sometimes they're like, I just found this on the internet and thought it would be fun. But as long as like Scott was saying, you're with someone supportive and who wants to be a part of it. The the biggest, not detriment, but what makes it difficult to perform is if somebody is not willing to learn or listen. You know, they just are like, I'm funny and I'll show you I'm funny. Where it's more about being supportive and creating something with somebody else. So if you're not willing to create with somebody and be collaborative that can be the only thing that can make it difficult if you're new to get better because you have to be open to being a part of something with somebody else and hearing what they have to say and their ideas. And in a, if it's your first four, foray into improv, a hour and a half, two hour, like drop in session, you're not going to, you'll, you'll pick up a lot, but you're not going to be astronomically better than when you walked in. It's a good, yeah, it's a good place to just like feel it out and see like, hey, do I have any like inherent skill to this or is it something I'm really going to have to work for? And then people can, you know, make their own decisions on how they want to continue. Well, in the spirit of improv, uh, you know, we pulled our own whose line is it anyway type swap here. We now have Diamond Jim in the in the big comfy chair instead of Snake. Barely any noticeable difference. Uh, pretty, <laughs> pretty much the same person. Pretty much the same guy sitting in that chair with just a little bit more mustache. Yeah. And a little bit less blood on their face. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I know. I know. Prop prop comedy here. Uh, Snake cutting himself. Oh, I, th- I thought that was in reference to the queen. Oh. oh. Got her ass. <laughs> All right. How about, how about comedy after dark? So, um... I know, again, Buffalo Comedy Collective, you guys are doing a bunch of stuff. What is uh, what is the Comedy After Dark? Comedy After Dark is a set of established comedy groups. So we're branching out into different comedy types as well. So in August, we had a sketch comedy group. But for the most part, we try to uh, uphold and bring up... I'm going to re-say that. <laughs> oh, no, go for it. Um but for the most part, we try to highlight different local improv groups in the area. So these will be groups that are established, work together often, usually have like a name, practice together, and they will perform a 15 to 20 minute set. Um, we'll get two other groups to also perform their different 15 to 20 minute sets and then have them come together at the end to perform as a big group together. So those are very fun. We do those on the fourth Saturday of every month. And so, like, the second Saturday with the jam is to kind of dip your toes in, see if it's for you, try out. It's really relaxed and casual. But then we have pretty much, like, standard programming for the Comedy After Dark where you can see established groups come and perform and what you can aspire to be. Who are who are some of the um, uh, more reputable improv acts in the area? There's a, a variety of groups that have been around for a while. Um, when we used to have the arena, which was the home of comedy sports 
for the non for profit. Scott and I were in a group called Dream Cheese. Uh, we still exist to some extent, to some but extent. we had the standing programming for about two years there. Um, same with Babushka. They are back up at the Alleyway Theater now. And Seven Minutes in Heaven, which I, I'm pretty sure they have rebranded themselves to the I and Team. Is that correct? Sure. Um, but it's there's different groups that pop up. Um, we have different like i started an all women's troop called twisted sister act and that's kind of like a drop-in for women who have experience with improv and then a few years ago we had a show at buffalo distilling where i hosted a class and then those people practiced together created the own their own group called denny's midnight runners so there's just a lot of different silly pun long form improv groups in the area and we're trying to promote people to come to the jams meet people create more so that we can bring them into our regularly scheduled programming yeah and that's the idea behind comedy after dark is to always rotate the group so from month to month you'll see three fresh acts that way you there's like repeat where you can come every month and you're not like oh i'm i'm locked in to see the same three groups all the time yeah and there's always more popping up or we're trying to um right before the pandemic shut down scott hosted a great show for leap day where oh. we probably had like 10 different groups come in and some of them are just getting started like fan fiction is a different group i'm involved in where we do like character work so we did like a harry potter themed improv show and the idea is the characters would change every time. So there's different genres you can get into. Some are like more character focused. Some are more relationship focused. Some are like a whole one act play. So it's it's interesting because even though they're all improv, they can be very different. Yeah. And I have to imagine that the crowds are, are surely pretty enthusiastic, right? Like they're, to me, probably the heart of what you guys do with the improv is having a good crowd and good interaction. Yeah, the audience or the fans or whatever they're called based on what we're performing. Um, yeah. Like they, we, I don't think we've ever had like a really bad audience ever where they're just like sitting there grumpy faced and not laughing at anything. You can usually like judge an audience and what they're um, into based on like their suggestions, um, what they're laughing at and kind of like win them over that way. But really if without the audience, it's, it's just us doing improv for ourselves, which gets a little, <laughs> It's a little weird because improvising for improvisers gets very like meta. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. And then also you guys are going to be doing some, uh, what, some private bookings, some, what other stuff you guys offer that's not, you know, not necessarily on the main menu for everybody. Like, uh, do you guys doing any private classes or? Uh, yeah. We're, so we're going to start up our, our formal classes either in October in 2023. When are we starting those? We are hosting like some community classes oh, and right. community ed programs starting at the end of September and into October. And then hopefully we will get some more classes going in the winter. We try to separate the classes between adults and children because you'd be surprised how much kids like want to get those skills for improv. They have all that creative energy. And for adults, it's a, a great way sometimes to help with things like public speaking or job interviews, people, you'd be surprised, like, why people join improv. It's not always necessarily like, oh, I think I'm funny. Sometimes it's like, I just need to learn how to be in front of people and not have social anxiety about it. So it's a great way, like, classes are a great way to help with all those areas of 
even if you don't know if you're funny, if you, you know, just want to meet people or just learn something different. And those are coming through different community ed programs, but we'll have those on our website as well. And then for private bookings, we'll do anything from birthday parties, corporate parties, and you can book comedy sports or um, there are some other like longer form shows or packages you can buy. Um, We also 18 plus 18 plus is how we're marketing it. Um, (laughs) But not like, but not like that. that. It's very hard to, yeah, it's very hard to put that in writing without it looking improv. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And we're also getting into um, like applied improv training for like corporate um, settings where like a, one or two hour package where you can go learn some improv exercises and also talk about how that applies to like your everyday job role, um, which most people are like, why would I spend money on that? But it's very fascinating because um, most people are just like hammer through their day without thinking about any of that stuff. And there's a lot of value in just a, a couple hours of you know thinking outside the box. Which is evident through some emails I received that were <laughs> yeah. like, you would benefit from this. How big of a market, that's so fascinating to me. How big of a market is there for that sort of thing? Like, is it bigger than one would think uh, in, in the corporate world? Yeah, right now we're kind of all the comedy sports is are, are trying to figure out how to, well, a comedy sports city, trying to figure out how to market that and package that a little more. Um, and we're working on some like overall brand presentations for that. Um, but yeah, there are some other groups and um, uh, consultation services that, um, use applied improv in their you know presentations um but but yeah i ran a, a quick like 20 minute exercise at my last uh in-person uh work event and it was like wow like it was just a uh, super easy just like like a listening exercise and people are like i had to listen to someone's whole sentence without interrupting them and that never happens in sales and like yeah like that's, that's how conversation works <laughs> like you know it's just um, so yeah, there is a lot of eye-opening stuff and, and value in that kind of um, like more structured improv. We we have um, clearly a lot of folks who are politically minded who listen to this podcast. Jim, who would be the funniest political figure in their staff to do an improv class? Funny is like they would actually be entertaining or funny to me to watch them struggle through it. <laughs> you know, I'll leave that up to your interpretation. <laughs> I mean, I would love to watch David DiPietro and his staff struggle through anything. <laughs> Uh, so I think that would be very, very hilarious. I imagine our friend John Rivera and his staff would be good at it, though. Oh, they'd be funny. You He's know. already naturally a pretty charming guy, right? And, and you know, they, uh, the one his constituent services manager has a podcast uh, that she does with her husband, and you know, they have to get used to speaking, and, and they're good at presentations, and they're out in the community for a lot. Like they're a very active group, so like I'm sure that they have some thinking on their feet skills already. Um, we'll just see how funny they would be. I would love to see Nate McMurray at an improv show because I think he's already naturally, the way his brain works, <laughs> it's just a beautiful thing. And just to see him on stage performing, I don't think he'd know that he was performing, right. <laughs> which would be amazing to see. I, yeah, I, I, well, I would like to see him because he'd be standing outside with like a sign that says like, we'll laugh for cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you for joining us at The Square. You mentioned your website. What's the website URL for the people who are still typing in URLs in their little search bar? It's www.buffalocomedycollective, as one word, dot com. All right. And for the people in 2022 who are going to social media and finding you, uh, is it Buffalo Comedy Collective, I would assume, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter? Yep. All that jazz? Try to keep it the same to make it easy. Badass. Yeah, I get that. And you said the comedy sports is going to relaunch in October. 
Yep, that'll be October 7th at the Harlem Road Community Center, which is not too far from our old location. It's just up the road up Harlem. Um, yeah, it'll start and it'll go. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're very excited. How much are tickets? Uh, check the website. Check the website. Okay. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, hey, listen, you're paying for a good time. You're paying for improv. You're paying for comedy. And uh, I always... I always enjoy that sort of thing. But I really enjoyed uh, chopping it up with you today, Scott and Megan from the Buffalo Comedy Collective. So thanks for joining us here at The Square. Thank you so much for having us. All right, guys.